0: Hello. Hi, thank you. Good to have you on the Art of Comedy podcast.
1: I thank you for having me.
0: Podcast is a way to gather the information that I need to basically prove my theory that comedy is uh, helpful mm-hmm. for people, for for women originally, and then you know I've ventured out into basically just now it's just marginalized communities is how I'm saying it because it just. Sums up everything. So I just like to start out first with like, what is your like origin story? Like, how did you come to comedy? How did you end up in Christie's class?
1: um So I came to comedy because I had gotten, I'd actually gotten fired from a job that I had had for about six years. And it was a very loyal company. Like, it took me, the fact that I was fired was so out of the blue because I'd, I'd always gotten raises. Like, I'd just gotten like an, a stay bonus, like all this stuff. And then they're like, oh, we're actually not going to keep you because we have somebody that we like better. (laughs) And I'm like, all right. And I, at this point, I've been working in corporate America for 10 years. And uh, I was just like, fuck this man. Um, And I'm like, I could go get another job or I've got some extra, I don't know, time on my hands. So, and I was just in a really bad place and I needed, I needed something. So uh, I took an improv class actually at uh, what used to be Grafenberg, which is now, um, chaos Bloom I think, but uh I started improv there and then I went over to voodoo and i just i just loved it and i um I always wanted to do stand up comedy and honestly, I signed up for improv, thinking I was like getting into more of stand up but <laughs> it <Yeah>. wasn't improv <laughs> no. but um, it was actually a you know it was a happy accident because uh you know it's a great community, it's super supportive, everyone thinks it's kind of like weird, but it's um I don't know. I just met a lot of really great people. And, uh, and I'm like, you know what, why not? And I was interning at Voodoo Theater, which is now Rise. And I took Christy's class to actually do stand up because I kept wanting to do it and then just got so afraid. But I'm like, no, man, like forever. We've just been hearing so much from like, the bully, like, uh, to me, like past comedy, there's a lot of bullies. And now we're hearing from the people who are being bullied.
0: Yeah, like,
1: the voices that we want to hear now. And that's something where I'm like, I appreciate that whole show because, you know, being the chubby kid and all those things, like I was always the one that was bullied. Mm -hmm. And so there's, you know, there's some trauma and stuff there. And it's like, I think it's finally great that we're hearing from the voices of the people that were laughed at. You know what I mean?
0: No, Um, the marginalized. Indeed. Yes.
1: And I think that that's a really great sway in comedy. And so Rise Theater is saying like, invest in the future of comedy, not the past, right? Because that is the future. Like, we don't want to hear from the machismo, like... That's why know. I'm
0: working with them. That's why I'm sending people to their classes. Exactly.
1: Of, I and that. and honestly, comedy has been... Um, I mean, it's been a, a a saving grace in my life because I mean, humor is always how I've dealt with trauma. Um, just because, again, as the fat girl, that's what you do. <laughs> you're supposed to be the funny one, and you're supposed to yeah. laugh off all your jokes. But um, but so to turn that in a way where you can control the humor and where it's 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 empowering, empowering. Yeah. So that's kind of like my origin story. I've always been a big fan of comedy. Um, like, I remember I used to watch SNL. Um as a as a kid, like starting in like four or five o'clock yeah or four or five years old because like my kid and my parents would just like set me in front of the t v and be like, "Yep, same. There you go so that 's what I grew up on uh-huh me so, too. so yeah so that's that's where i that 's how I kind of started, and that's here i am
0: I honestly hadn't really ever thought about stand up that much before I tried it mm um my brother was a comedian and then i hung out with the comedians a few times and then i said i'm gonna try it people had told me i should try it but but then talking to people and stuff i i yeah snl was probably my original influence and uh it was a big thing in my family we we all loved you know it was a family thing we watched snl together and then Mel Brooks movies and, you know, Airplane, oh, yeah.
1: mm-hmm.
0: Airplane and all those stupid 80s movies like that. Um, I remember
1: one of the first movies I actually watched with my sister was Robin Hood, Men in Tights, which is a Mel yeah. Brooks movie. And um, I don't know. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So that, I mean, I just grew up in, my family was pretty funny. We were always joking around and laughing and roasting each other and stuff. And so
1: mm-hmm. if you have a lot of crap going on, like if you have a lot of shit going on in your life, like there's always a joke somewhere that to make you laugh like I yeah. feel like if you don't laugh you're gonna cry
0: and well we were super poor and my parents weren't really good at talking about bad things mm-hmm. so they just kind of ignored them yeah and didn't talk about them and so yeah we just deflected with humor indeed <laughs> as uh born and raised doing it yeah and then when I got into eighth grade I realized that I was uh, using humor as a protection because I wanted people to like me. And I did it accidentally. In eighth grade, I used to scream. At, Sam Kennison was my idol and I used to scream in people's faces and run down the hall and act all crazy. And it made and I would do it to like the jocks and the preps and all the bullies. Mm-hmm. to fuck with them, but it made them like me. They thought I was funny. They thought I was hilarious. That was not the intention of what I did. I wasn't doing it to annoy <laughs> them. Yeah. They thought I was hilarious and crazy and wanted to hang out with me and invite me to their parties because I was nuts. So I just had, but then I had to keep acting nuts. Like I had to act nuts all the time. If I got invited to a party and showed up, I had to act crazy at the party and do crazy shit because that's why I was there. That's what they were
1: expecting. Do you feel like do you feel like as a comedian and as a performer, whenever you go to like certain social functions and stuff like that, people expect you to be on it like that? Like expect you to put on the show?
0: I feel like anytime I'm hanging out with other comedians and talking like outside mics and stuff, most of them are trying to be on all the time. Really? And I used to be like that, but not anymore. No, I don't feel like people that know I'm a comedian in my social settings expect me to be. But I don't hang out with a lot of people. I I only hang out with people that I'm actually close to and that know me. I don't have a lot of I don't have a large social circle.
1: Not really either, but I've been like because I have kids, you get like forced into these social circles that like you yeah. don't want to be in. Yeah. I mean, I don't get along very well with them anyway because I say really inappropriate things like all the time I just I just mother other mothers are not my favorite and you live in the burbs and I live in the burbs indeed yeah so it's a whole different ball game and I just I'm just you over tell it. Your,
0: do you tell those people there
1: that you're a comedian in the burbs sometimes yeah so if I say something super inappropriate <laughs> to kind of like justify because like it's not every day that you hear another mom talk about a dick or something I don't know it's just because everyone always talks about their kids bowel habits and random yeah yeah and, um, so sometimes when I say something appropriate, I'll be like, hey, don't worry. I'm an, I'm a comedian guy. So I joke, I kid. Um, yeah. no, but it's
0: a comedian has allowed me to, uh, just be a real piece of shit if I want to. And people are like, Oh, she's a comedian. You know how <laughs> they are. <laughs> that's that's real. <laughs> I think I should use it more often actually. Yeah, no, I got to live in my car and people supported the idea. If I wasn't a comedian and I purposely chose to live in my car, you think my aunt's gonna tell me how proud she is of me? No,
1: but I'm living, I'm chasing my dreams. <laughs> live in a van down by the river. Um, yeah, seriously, dreams. you are chasing your dreams. Yeah, <laughs> no. that's hilarious. That's so true, but um, yeah, so comedy, you know, has how's how's it impacted your life since you started definitely for the better especially uh, being a mom god it takes away it takes the monotony away from my days <laughs> okay. um as you might understand um also having children yeah and i was a stay-at-home mom for a while when they were little and yeah yeah I and i'm um, and i wasn't always a stay-at-home mom so like now that I am a stay-at-home mom, but it was kind of out of, because of COVID, that's a whole different story, but, um, so I wasn't used to it, and I'm not, I'm still not used to it, so it's, like, engaging my brain, and, and just keeping myself, um, alert and current. When I first started comedy, I was like, I can, I'm funny, I can do this, ho, 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 and the more you get into it, the more you realize how much of an art it is and how much thought it takes. Like if I I write a set and it's workshopped, it's it done several times. It's, you know, it's not just like I'm off the cuff, huh, 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 you know, and that's what I think a lot of people think stand-up comedy is. Cause you make it sound like it's off the cuff when it's not. And that, right. And that's what makes you look comedian, Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so and that's why a lot of people, they don't think that comedy classes are valid is because like every learned, other art form has classes. Indeed, other art form. So why, and would like stand up, not have classes.
1: And like in in any other art form, like if you don't take the classes, you're you're not looked as highly upon, right? Yeah. So like as an actor, like if you're not a classically trained actor, like you weren't, you're not going to get like people don't in the business don't look at you the yeah. same way. So why why should comedy be any different, right? Yeah. And I mean, like I sketch writing classes and stuff too. And like uh, like I am so amazed at how much of a difference it makes because it takes you from just like oh yeah I have an idea to okay your idea here's your idea this is how you get it out and this is how it's gonna look good for other people and it's that's writing the thing.
0: you have to write and you have to not have more words than you need and there's timing and cadence and all sorts of things that can be tweaked in a joke you can take one word and change it and it completely changes the entire joke or takes it up another level so it's definitely something that can be taught now whether you're funny or not or you have good funny joke ideas or not that can't be taught but no. but um and just the business part of it just the pre- preparation you guys have for the mics and knowing what you're walking into and to put the mic stand behind you you know that, that
1: that's why christy's class was so beneficial yeah. because like a lot of it, especially um an idea that i particularly did in all-female identifying class which was yeah. awesome well uh, we have but,
0: a student in there now.
1: We have our, we have our first student
0: that started this week. Oh, yeah, 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 I saw that. And so um, there's only one man in there. The rest are females, even if it's not set to be just female.
1: And I, I bet you a million dollars that that one male is going to take over the class. <laughs> um, that was something that was getting really frustrating because um, I took, so I took two classes. I took one that was all female identifying and then another one that was co-ed. And sure as shit. The one dude, or there were two dudes, but the one that was in there was trying to tell the instructor how to do comedy. <laughs> like I know, and he's like, "Well, I find that this and this and this and this." And Christy was just like, "Okay, cool, let's move on." <laughs> like, and it was it was so irritating. It's like, will you just shh, shh, just shut your mouth for just like two seconds? This <laughs> isn't this isn't a back and forth thing, buddy. Mm-mm. You know you're. But- not- but it's the it's it's the it's the white dude thing, right? They think that everybody wants to know what they think.
0: <laughs> yeah. And they think they're right. Man, I don't know. I would see this is why I can't do things like that. I'd just be like, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I just get out. I'm kicking you out of my class. I'll refund your money out of my own pocket. Get out of here. Um, yeah, that's why I can't do things. Um I'm sorry I was thrown off by that that somebody would pay to take the class and then yeah
1: and anyway, then try to tell the instructor that they know better
0: i'm shocked that i'm shocked honestly yeah.
1: seriously um, i was like are you shocked <laughs> but i shouldn't be well, shocked it, it, it wasn't like as blatant as like well i'm gonna tell you how to do comedy but like he just had something to say after every like every slide every like tip that christy ever had he was like, well, I find that when this and this and this and this, and Chrissy's like, okay, great, let's move on. (laughs) Like, it was just getting to be a lot, at least for me. Anyway.
0: Well, Lynette's kind of a dude, so maybe she'll take over the class. Maybe. I don't think she would do anything like that. She would never correct Christy.
1: Not everybody has the audacity to do something like that. (laughs) 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 Only, only, Only this particular person seemed like he had the the cojones. I wonder
0: if she was a man, if he would have done the same thing.
1: You know what I mean? But that's a good question. Maybe, maybe, maybe he just thought, maybe just one of those dudes that thought he knew everything about everything. Yeah. Or maybe he just was trying to find a way to participate and I'm reading it completely wrong, but either way it was, it was excessive and even Christy noticed it. So (laughs) yeah, it's fine. She handled it well.
0: Well, no, she's been in the business a long time. She's, you know, she's been doing it for ten years, and ten years ago, the scene wasn't the scene we have now. So, uh... I can't even
1: imagine. Like, mm-hmm. it's hard. It's it's still hard as a female, right?
0: Mm-hmm. And it's better. I can't than even imagine what it was
1: like ten years. Well, you know, I can kind of relate because so I'm also a musician, right? And I play trumpet,
0: um, and
1: trumpet is a very male-dominated instrument. Mm-hmm. And I was I was the good female trumpet player. Like, I was always first chair and stuff like that. But I was always competing. my spot based on the fact that I was a female (laughs) it was really really awful and like I got turned down for like section leader and stuff like that for other dudes and it's like what is happening so I'm sure it's a lot better now but it's yeah
0: yeah I've heard I've heard tale you know I mean I've talked to women that have been in the business for 20 years and you know 20 years ago it was really bad and so you know it's getting better there's always gonna be work to do unfortunately but, you know, I'm hoping that, you know. we're we
1: going to have to stop working twice as hard as all the dudes. You know,
0: <laughs> I'm hoping that I, uh, you know, with the nonprofit, that we can put a little, a few more uh, diverse comedians into the scene. I think the more diverse the scene is, the better. I think it's, it's only good for everyone if we can have a diverse scene. Audiences want diverse shows.
1: Yeah, I know and they, it's, and
0: they prove it with their butts in the seat
1: indeed um and like a lot of the shows that I've been to um w- where there wasn't a lot of diversity it was just it everything fell flat like it was just nothing was funny and it was just like is this over yet
0: because it's just <laughs> the same voice over and over mm-hmm. um exactly. they can have different jokes but it's the same it's the same experiences it's the same uh you know, outlook on life. It's the same over and over. And so it's, if you're going to have five white dudes on a show, or even if you're going to have five women on a show, like I book all women's shows, but I make sure that they're five different kinds of women, Mm -hmm. you know, that they're not, you know, all stay at home moms or all single gals or all, you know, the same color or whatever. I want to make sure they all have different voices, different experiences that they're going to joke about. Um
1: getting to, getting to be able to tell your story through humor is a very powerful thing.
0: That's good stuff. Thank you for being here today on my podcast.
1: Well, thank you for having me. I always enjoy it.